Today's video is brought to you by Bombas. Hey, brother. It's said maybe a hundred times throughout the books, but Dumbledore trusts Severus Snape. Like we get it, dude, but could you please tell us why? And yet, despite trusting him apparently a lot, it still takes 18 years before he is finally allowed to teach defense against the dark arts. Turn to page 394. Despite the fact that he is applying for the job every single year. You applied first for the defense against the dark arts post, is that correct? Yes but you were unsuccessful? Obviously. And double despite there being an opening every year. And triple despite Snape being super qualified for the job. Certainly more qualified, I must say, than the actual professors being hired to teach the job. I mean, just look here in Philosopher's Stone where he's literally using defensive magic against the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. And then here in Chamber of Secrets, he completely blasts Lockhart. Although I guess to be fair, it was pretty obvious what he was going to do. Pretty obvious. And then in Prisoner of Azkaban, Lupin was pretty great. Barty Crouch Jr. does pretty effectively fool everyone. I will give him that. He was spades. I don't really feel like I need an example for Umbridge, but just consider this. Dumbledore allows her to teach when apparently he trusts Snape. Like, Seriously, what gives? And I have considered this before. Is it possible that the real challenge is finding a potions teacher? Could it be that despite his proficiency in defense against the dark arts, Snape is just that much better at potions? Or does it actually reveal that Dumbledore does have one tiny little reservation about Snape and that's the reason he's not allowed to teach DADA? Or as ever with Dumbledore, is it something way more manipulative? Of course it is! Today we discuss. Guys, before we dive on in, I wanna give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, Bombas. And let me tell you what, these socks are amazing. 1,000 videos, we finally got a sock company to sponsor the channel and I couldn't be more excited that it's Bombas because these socks are the Bombas. Well, like I just said, like literally right before, they're they're also amazing. Like, these socks are amazing, but I couldn't miss the opportunity for that sweet pun. But for real, Bombas has gone through and rethought every single element of the sock in order to make them as comfortable as possible. And when mine are on top of my sock drawer, I know that I am in for a great day. And it's not just comfort that comes with each pair because with every sock purchase, Bombas donates a pair of socks to a vulnerable member of our community. To date, they have donated more than 30 four million pairs to people in need. So be sure to give a pair when you buy a pair by going to bombas.com slash supercarlinbros. Again, that is B-O-M-B-A-S.com slash supercarlinbros. Get 20% off your order. Link is in the description down below. Also, before we dive on in, I need to give a huge thank you to Stephanie Robinson, who submitted this idea to us. So thank you, Stephanie. Defense Against the Dark Arts is a weird position at Hogwarts because it's basically a revolving door of professors. And the reason for this, according to Dumbledore, is that ever since he denied the position to Tom Riddle, the position has actually been jinxed and no teacher was able to last more than one year. And that right there 
is kind of bananas. Like, you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to realize that something weird is the foot with this job. I mean, Voldemort met with Dumbledore about this position at the very latest 1971, which means there have been at least, that is bare minimum, 20 different professors who have taught this position by the time Harry gets to school. Well, I say that it's 20 different professors. I suppose it's possible that there were like a few of them that just sort of like rotated through the post. But even still, it feels like for certain, someone should have realized that something was wrong here. And so you might think that this just could be the explanation. Dumbledore realized it, and the reason why he wouldn't let Snape teach the position is because it would effectively drive him away from the school. But personally, I don't exactly think so. If that was the case, I think it would just be easy enough to tell Snape. And I have a feeling Snape would even just understand. I mean, after all, he is Dumbledore's most trusted agent and probably equally determined to bring down Voldemort. And I just don't see him being willing to throw that away based on what subject he is allowed to teach. So he must not have been told this because as of book one, Percy is explaining to Harry that it's common knowledge that he really covets the position. What's he teach? Potions. But everyone knows it's the dark arts he fancies. According to Snape himself, although it's when he's talking to Bellatrix, he claims that it's because Dumbledore doesn't trust him to teach that post. He wouldn't give me the defense against the dark arts job, you know. Seemed to think it might bring about a relapse, tempt me into my old ways. So I guess that is a possibility with the one hangup being that almost every single thing that Snape is saying to Bellatrix in this particular moment is basically in an attempt to appease her. Meaning everything he's saying is just a version of the truth or a flat out lie and part of his goal to pledge his allegiance to the Dark Lord. But aside from that, we know it's not 100% true either, because in Harry's third year, he is allowed to step in as substitute for Defense Against the Dark Arts while Lupin is out. And literally in Harry's sixth year, he just teaches the class, so that too. So then it comes back to that question, is it possible that Snape is just that much better at potions than Defense Against the Dark Arts? Like a once in a generation prodigy that you just, it would be irresponsible not to let him teach that class. But even that isn't backed up by anything. For one, Bellatrix reveals that Defense Against the Dark Arts is his favorite class. And when Harry goes into the pensive, he is going into Snape, taking his OWL for Defense Against the Dark Arts. And he has like his nose to the grindstone, writing more than anyone else by a mile. This kid loves Defense Against the Dark Arts. And two, Slughorn, who was literally Snape's potions master, does not even recognize him as the best pupil of his own year. That title would have gone to Lily Evans, AKA Lily Potter, AKA Harry's mom, AKA Snape's one true love. On a super like one way street. Here is what Slughorn has to say about Lily. Haven't I just said your mother was one of my all time favorite students? Lord, it's clear you've inherited your mother's talent. She was a dab hand at you potions, little boy. Oh, you're like your mother. It's your mother's genes coming out in you. Instinctive, you know, like his mother. I've only taught a few with this kind of ability. I can tell you that, Sybil. Why even Severus? He gets cut off on that last one, but it is clear as Veritaserum that what he was about to say is that even Severus was not as good at potions as Lily. Lily, it sounds like, is the one once in a generation savant at potions. And that stands out for a couple of reasons. Firstly, to hear 
anyone else tell it, the word is that James and Sirius were both the top of their year at everything. And even with potions, we know this to be true because as of their fifth year, they were able to brew the highly complicated potion required in order to take on an animagus form. Seriously, it is basically impossible. We made a whole video about it. If you want to check it out, it's right up there. On top of that, potion making literally runs in James' blood. He is the son of celebrated potioneer Fleamont Potter, who was of course an accomplished yet retired cosmetics potioneer best known for creating Sleek Easy's hair potion and also the idol of one Gilderoy Lockhart. My secret ambition is to rid the world of evil and market my own range of hair care potions. This relation combined with James's natural ability at every other subject surely would have attracted the attention of one Horus Slughorn, who, as we all know, has a very hungry eye for contacts. Hungry eye for contacts, it seems like. Yeah. It's like he really wants to put con like as many contacts in his eyeball. <laughs> oh, it just seems painful. Would they stack or would they just sort of like form a orb. How do contacts work? All that though to me just further demonstrates just how good Lily Evans must have been at potions to stand out against all that. And this I think has everything to do with why Snape is never allowed to teach defense against the dark arts and why he went on to become such a master potioner. Consider this, the book that has been so heavily graffitied by the Half-Blood Prince is Advanced Potion Making, the textbook used in the sixth year of potions class. We do know that this book is a hand-me-down from his mother, but it also means that he probably didn't start adding all of those notes until his sixth year. So it begs the question, why all of a sudden this crazy obsession with potions when just one year prior during his OWLs, he had his nose one inch away from the parchment writing a mile more than anyone else? The answer is because of what happens immediately after that exam. The marauders are picking on Snape, Lily comes to his defense, and Snape ultimately calls her a mudblood. This is the last straw, the final breaking point in Lily and Snape long-term friendship. I can't pretend anymore. You've chosen your way, I've chosen mine. No, listen, I didn't mean to call me mudblood, but you call every one of my birth mudblood, Severus. Why should I be any different? Spot on Lily Evans, if I do say so myself. In this moment, he loses the best and most important friend that he has. And after this, it seems like Severus goes on to do what just about everyone does after a breakup. Fixes his diet, heads to the gym, pumps some iron, works on that revenge bot and gets really, really, really good at potions, except only that last thing. No, but seriously, you can super easily understand what's going on here. Snape despises James and Sirius, who are the top of everything except this one particular class, potions. And lucky for Snape, the girl that he happens to admire, Lily is the one who's beating them. So what better way to impress her than becoming her equal at the one thing she excels at? In case you guys are wondering, better ways to have impressed her would have included the following. One, apologizing for reels about calling her a mudblood. Two, abandoning his ambitions as a Death Eater. Three, distancing himself from Death Eater wannabe friends. Four, vowing to never use dark magic again. Five, actively trying to make amends with the Marauders. Six, shampoo. Just couldn't bring himself to use that sleek easy hair potion, am I right? <laughs> Well, probably. But probably. Instead, Snape goes 
all chips across the table on the potions thing, basically learning everything he can possibly know about each individual ingredient and how to make every potion even better. And invents a few bits of new dark magic like Septum Sempra. It's genius, 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 I say. Simply be better magically than them and she'll finally realize how silly, unimpressive, and unlikable they are. Ha! I think that the dead giveaway that this is true is when Harry finds another spell scribbled into the margins of the Half-Blood Prince's copy of Advanced Potion Making. Specifically, Levy Corpus, the spell that hangs you upside down in the air by your ankle. At the time, Harry actually credits the Half-Blood Prince with inventing this spell. But if you remember, this spell is used on Snape during his fifth year. And remember, it's a sixth year textbook. So I don't think that Snape actually invented this particular spell. I think he wrote it down in an effort to develop a counter jinx so that he's not trapped when the Marauders use it on him. Because after all, another thing written in the margins of this particular book is the counter jinx for Levacorpus. But so once again, you might be like, Ben, what does this have to do with Dumbledore not giving him the defense against the Dark Arts job? To which I say, I think all of this proves that Snape's interest in potions had nothing to do with his own organic interest in the topic so much as it had to do with Lily, which runs parallel to Snape's interest in defeating Voldemort, which again has everything to do with Lily and less to do with his own interest in actually defeating the dark arts. So the real reason why Dumbledore always makes Snape specifically teach potions is as a constant reminder of his lost great love, Lily Potter, and how he has agreed to always protect her son. And in case you need any further proof of this idea, look no further than the very first thing Snape ever says to Harry. Tell me, what would I get if I added powdered root of asphodel to an infusion of wormwood? Well, asphodel is a type of lily that means my regrets will follow you to the grave. And wormwood is the symbol for regret and bitterness. So while the actual answer is the draft of living death, for Snape, it means a lifelong career as potions master. Guys, don't forget that tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we are going to be going live here on the Super Carlin Brothers channel for another week of Harry Potter trivia. We're going to be doing it through the Kahoot app. We're going to have two quizzes, each with 25 questions with prizes to the winners. Be sure to set your reminders in your phone right now so you don't forget. We'll see you guys then. But guys, as always, thanks for watching. Be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you'd like some more Harry Potter action from us, we just completed the seven part series that is Dumbledore's big plan. You can check out that entire playlist right there. Otherwise, guys, thanks so much for watching. I will see you next time. Bye.